Oh shit, it's beautiful to be back, motherfuckers. Coming back hard like a motherfucking soldier back from war, dog. That's what I'm coming back for, man. Like a motherfucking, like Jesus after that third day. That's what I'm coming back. Ready to give you guys some good shit, man. I'm, uh, I've been gone for a while. Like I said, dude, a lot of shit's been going on. I don't have time to fucking get into it. And if, when I do, I'll do it on a regular solo dolo podcast. But, um, it's good to have you guys back, man. And uh, I'm super excited about this podcast, man. This is a, a good friend of mine that I met in uh, junior high and uh, just reconnected recently, actually. And he's a bad motherfucker, too, man. He's a, uh, and I say too, because I'm talking about you guys. You guys are bad motherfuckers, and so is he. And uh, he is a fellow open micer like myself doing stand up comedy. And uh, just a fucking good dude, man. And I was just actually on his podcast. So you guys should check that out. It's called uh, Standing Still. Standing Still with Stephen Hoffa. I was just on his podcast. I think it was like episode 50, whatever. I don't know. I was like the, the most recent one. But uh, go check that out. That's actually pretty cool. And then um, and then now he had, well, yeah, I, had, I had him on mine. So, you know, he's a fucking good dude, man. And I was, I, was super, I was super happy to have it on. He's funny as fuck. And I hope you guys enjoy the episode, man. Peace. Back up in this motherfucker, dude. Ultimate Take Studios. Told y'all I was coming back. Coming back hard and strong, man. And uh, we got ourselves a guest, dude. This is a good one, too, because this is actually the first guest I've had who is uh, a fellow open micer, which is a big deal. Because usually I don't have any I don't have any people else that do comedy in here. I don't know why. It's just not. <laughs> yeah, I, I carry a heavy weight wherever I go by being an open micer for sure, dude. It's, I know. It's about to take off. Dog, it's a badge of honor, man. I'm telling <laughs> you. like, I If you tell people that you do that, they already think you're fucking nuts, but like in a good way. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing when you tell people that you're thinking about doing com- comedy or you think you're a comedian already, because it's it's one of those rare uh, passions that people want you to just do it on the spot. Yeah, true. You know, like you can be LeBron James, and, you, and somebody's never met you, and you go, "Yeah, I'm in." I just you know, the Lakers, we just won the whole championship. And they go, they never tell you to just start playing basketball, right? There. Yeah, they're never like, "Hey, shoot a free throw, then prove it." It's fucked up though, because it's like if you're it's fucking annoying. Dude. It's very annoying because like <laughs> if you're not confident, you're like, oh okay, and then you try to do something and it fucking bombs, and they're like, oh, you're not very funny. And it's yeah. like, well, fuck you, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who the fuck are you? Dude. And then if you just go like, nah, n- you know, no, I'm not gonna do that. And they're like, wow, okay, look who's got a fucking chip on your shoulder. Yeah, you know what I mean. A, so you kind of can't lose. win. So like a lot of times, I just don't even tell people. Same. I just tell them, you know, what my day job is, which yeah, is exactly. an electrician. That's exactly. I don't do this. I do the same shit. And if I want to hear a joke, I'm like, yeah, eat dicks. There you go. It's your joke. Fuck <laughs> yeah, you. Because I, right? I don't have time, dude. Like, it's not it's exactly that. It's not, you can't just set up a joke. It's a, usually it's a story. It's a bit. It's some sort of truth that you're trying to let. Like, some people don't even do yeah. stories or bits. It's just they're just throwing out fucking truth and just, it's yeah. like a harsh reality of what you see is the world or whatever. Right. But, um, yeah, I don't do jokes. Well, tell me a fucking joke. Fuck you. Yeah, fucking dude. It's eat a dick. I mean, I've had a girl for over a year now, but when I you go on dates and you're kind of like, here's this thing that you're so passionate about, right? Like you're thinking about it all the time, and it's mm-hmm. like you don't want to tell them 
Because for one, you're like, it's different if you're like a paid comedian because then you're like, oh, fuck yeah, like check me out. Yeah, I'm a superstar. What's but, up? No but you're not at all. <laughs> so you're kind of like, oh, like do I tell them because it's kind of fucking lame. They might love it or they don't care about it at all, which yeah. is kind of a red flag right there. But yeah, it's just, and then a lot of times they're like, oh, really? You're going to make me laugh? And you're just kind of, well, let me, as creepy as fuck as this is, like let me study you like the situation, like let right, me study, yeah. you know? Because, I mean, I've been on dates where you're, you know, a few years ago when I wasn't as confident as I am now, where you're like, you get so inside your head, you're like, oh, don't cuss. Like, and then you're like, you know what, fucking, you got to be yourself. Like, just fucking cuss. And you're like, don't cuss. And then you end up like, fuck. And they're like, oh, like, why the fuck are you yelling at me, dude? You know what I mean? Like, it's, you get so inside your head and it's, it's fucked up. But that's what, that's honestly the comedic brain though, because that, that's what makes me sometimes come off as a little harsh to people. Not, yeah. and which I don't generally speaking. Yeah. But if I'm going to, like, oh, man, that guy's jokes are real crazy. It's because I, I get that same feeling. I'm like, oh, dude, like, who gives a fuck? Just start saying, just say whatever is on your mind. Don't try to hide shit. Don't try to fucking be fake because that's the only way comedy could be accepted if it comes from some sort of truth. Yeah. Otherwise, it's fucking lame. It's just fucking bullshit. Bro, the, so not only do I have, you know, that kind of mindset and that kind of wiring, but I'm also in construction. So I've gotten in the most, like, awkward positions where I, I mean i'm used to saying shit that's not necessarily funny but it's just fucking rude as hell you know what i mean just talking yeah you do nothing but talk shit you're with all construction day long. dudes you do nothing but talk shit and if you can't talk shit you're a bitch and the second there's you have a, to learn like i'm all for like hey if a woman wants to get into the trades and she can do it like go for it i'm all for that right Equal right opportunity like 100 right the second because there's normally not women on the job and the second there's one woman on the job you could just feel like the frequency changes. Yeah. Cause you're just like, okay, nobody can talk shit. You know what I mean? Cause like, <laughs> it's the, true though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the whole, like my dude, my apprentice was, for, first of all, he's like three inches taller than me. He's uh, not white. Uh, he's not Mexican either. He's black. Okay. Okay. So he's black. But uh, the dude can pile drive me into the ground. <laughs> but in this one location, cause I'm a better electrician than he is, I talk so much shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're racist. Five dude. seconds into the. You're so racist. Yeah. You can't talk shit to a black guy. Come on, dude. Come on, man. No, he's cool with it's it. It's racism. <laughs> he's cool with it. But like, yeah, just five seconds in him doing work that takes a ten minute job. I'm like, yeah. Hey, you gonna you gonna stop sucking dick and finish that conduit banner? What yeah. the fuck? You know what I mean? It's nonstop. So you go from that, and then also, kind of a comedic brain where you're always judging and you're always kind of like thinking of a gotcha situation. Yeah, of course. Like those loopholes, and then you have to just go and just be like verbally waterboarded by like normal people. It's terrible. That, but that's why it shouldn't be like changed. For that is equal opportunity when doesn't matter what you are, woman, uh, minority, whatever, and you come into the situation, we're gonna treat you the same as everybody else. I don't give a fuck what you are, I'm gonna make fun of you and talk shit because that's what I'm gonna do to that person too. I'm gonna do it to everybody because yeah. this is how we thrive as a team. And if you don't like it, get the fuck out. No one cares, like, I mean, yeah. Well, it's it's like the 99%, it's just the consequence, like 99%, like most people don't give a fuck. But if somebody decides to take one the wrong way, then it's like, oh, fuck. That's you all it mean? is. That's what everyone's nervous about is like fucking losing their jobs over dumb shit. There was, it was one of those things where I was like, I mean, I was loud when I said it and it was in this room and it was like right as you're saying it, you realize there's a girl in the room. And mm -hmm. just like, you walk out and you're like, oh, fuck. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, my apprentice that I was working with, or he was working under me, he was, uh, we, we, he was doing like some bullshit work before he was working with me and then. I was going and troubleshooting all these lighting and installing all these relays. So you kind of have to really know like how everything's wired to make kind of the last little button up work, you know? 
And so I was helping, I was, he was helping me out and I was kind of teaching him and checking him and he was getting better. And it was like the first box I checked and he was right. Right. So I'm like, hell yeah, dude, you ain't doing bullshit work anymore. You're going to go home and tell your chick you're, you're wiring up relays at MLK hospital and Watts and this whole floor, you know, you're going to put your name on this lighting. And uh, when you tell her that, she's going to be calling you daddy. I said something like that. And like, yeah. right as I was walking by, I was like, oh fuck, there's a girl in the room. You know what I mean? Like I was talking you get about nervous it. about it. Yeah. Sometimes. Just, like nothing is coming of it, but it's just one of those things where you're just like, dude. So that's that's what I that's what I want to ask. Dude, what do you think is the direction of of comedy going forward then? Because honestly, dude, I'm as I'm as like as pessimistic as it comes when it comes to that shit now. Like I think I, I want I wanna do it all the time, but like, dude, you can't like if you have a filter on a comedian, like then why even do it? Are you talking about in relation to like COVID and everything? And no, just, just in general. Like because even before COVID, there's comedians getting canceled for everything. Yeah, um, yeah, and for things that like, even and for things they were saying on stage, like in other words, there are people who are going signing up to go to shows, paying mm-hmm. money to be offended. Like I, I can't, and it's like it's it's just what you said. It's a one percent, and we're appeasing these fucking people who are obviously psychopaths. Yeah, who can just stay home and mind their own fucking business because they want to go out and spread their shitty lives to everyone else. Right. But it's so, and then the companies are letting this go. They're like, yeah, you're right. Well. You know, we'll, we'll put out a statement saying sorry for his statements. And it's like, dude, like mm-hmm. the the future of comedy seems not as it, it seems like it can only go two ways. Like it either goes the way it's going now, which eventually it'll die or it goes extreme opposite, which is like un, no apologies whatsoever. And it gets extremely even, even more more fucking fucked up than it's ever been in a I think which way I think would be awesome. Right. I Well, OK, couple thoughts on this is the fact that. Um, the pendulum always swings to one extreme or the other. Yes. I think we're definitely in an extreme where we're in a huge 10,000 people watch a comedy show. Five people get upset about one joke during a whole hour. Mm-hmm. And those five, five people get the person canceled. Yes. Like that's what's going on. Yes. So it's happening everywhere. It's not like the nation is pissed at all comedians. It's not what's happening. No. Um, so I think that's the pendulum is going to swing back. Like there's no way that that's just going to be the sustained normal. There's no way that's too crazy. You know? I hope not, dude. I'm over this shit. But also, and there's a huge glimmer of hope, and the most obvious example of this is when you're just so good, doesn't doesn't fucking matter. Look at Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle yeah, just but, disip- well, dude, but he's he- black. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. It's different <laughs> when a white dude says it. He gets in trouble now, and it's like that's the that's the difference. Like, and that's what I mean. Like comedy used to, that used to never matter. There used to be people saying fucked up shit at all times, whether yeah. it, it wasn't considered. Uh, transphobic it wasn't considered homophobic it wasn't considered racist you can say whatever you want like obviously he can say whatever he wants he yeah. has the card that was the point of going to see a comedy show it was going to be over the line yes of course yeah. no matter what they were white black right. gay anything there's and there's killer com- Jerry Roach is a gay comic he's a fucking killer he's yeah. funny as shit yeah. there's white comics or there's lesbian comics who are killers but now when we have to make it all about their identities it's like mm-hmm. well only he can say fucked up shit because he's black what the fuck that, you're killing comedy like Let's make everyone's allowed to say whatever the fuck they want. That's what makes comedy comedy. And if you don't like it, stay home. No one gives a fuck. Yeah, I, I just think it's too gnarly. I mean, Bill Burr just did uh, Saturday Night Live like last weekend. Yeah. And he said a bunch of shit on both ends of the COVID, like fucking put on your mask. And then he's like, or fucking don't and kill. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but he, he made it funny. Yeah. And he said both extremes of the whole, you know, divisive pandemic that we're going through. Mm hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to be pissed, but you're not canceling Bill Burr. For one, he owns all his own shit. He's not like a part of an entity. Right. So what are you going to do? Stop him from booking? If he sells tickets, he's going to still go. Yeah, but that's the thing. People like do like uh like Delia. 
he got falsely accused of rape. It's been proven that it's not true. Yeah. He's canceled. He hasn't. He's not coming back. No one's hiring him. The, so, yeah. Same thing with Callan. He's gotten. Yep. Can, he's gonna. They try to do it with Joey Diaz. They're yep. trying to cancel Rogan, which they can't. But they're trying to. Yeah. I because uh, he, he. They said he had transphobic statements, yeah. which basically meant like, I don't think guys who convert to women can compete in sports. That's cheating. Right. Which is fucking true. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really. That's not mean. It's just true. Yeah. No. So, it. I mean, Louis C.K. pulled his dick out. I mean, hey, don't do that. But for sure, like, also, it's also <laughs> though, like, that's in a that's in a room where like with people who said yes too, like that's another thing. It all those people though, you're not gonna be. Able, I mean, okay, so the thing that sucks and what really hit home is with Chris D'Elia is it's been proven it's false. However, right. a few weeks ago, I heard some chick somewhere was like, oh yeah, Chris D'Elia, he just like got in trouble. He was a total like pedophile or whatever. Mm-hmm. So all it's that first headline that blows up and then everybody thinks of him as a pedophile. That's all that matters. So yeah. even though he's not, that girl, th- and I, I mean, I didn't say anything because it was kind of walking by. But, you know, I wasn't going like, to run after him like, no, wait, wait, he's really not, he's really not. You yeah. know what I mean? But it... Uh, Dude, they're they're gonna be back. For one, all those guys are, I mean, they're at the top of the game, so they're not. They're very wealthy. All the people that we're mentioning, obviously, the most famous yeah, people, yeah, they are. have done very well. Yeah, Chris Dilly is not hurting for money, whether he works a day in his life again or not. No, he's not. He's he's right? yeah, he's, he's killing it. He's killing it. So I think that's definitely one. It's a fantastic opportunity for them because even though it sounds like they lose a whole whole lot more. They're on a great spot to just be like, all right, well, let's just wait this out because they're already sitting on a mountain of cash. So financially, they're sitting in a sweet spot. However, obviously, they those people don't do it for the money. Like, Chris D'Elia does nothing but, like, go to Starbucks and then do stand-up. Like, that fucker doesn't do anything in his yeah, life. Yeah, so it's weird He's, for a person like that. I, like, COVID must be killing that, dude. Cause oh, li- yeah. Literally, I remember I followed him on Instagram, and he was doing some movie shoot where he had to go away for, like, 10 days. And he's like, I haven't not done stand up within like a few days of each other or like every night in like over 10 years like every, like that's your schedule yeah you just you wake up because they all stay out late they wake up at like 11 or noon right and he'll go get coffee and then maybe write or like do whatever the fuck in the afternoon drive your audi and then you fucking go to laugh factory or comedy store or whatever if you're not on tour tour on the weekend going somewhere making a shit ton of money and then you just banging out shows and like harnessing your craft that's all he wants to do and that that's right. what i mean like i I can't believe we're even in a place where we're talking about he has to wait it out for for what? He did nothing wrong. What does he have to wait out? Like the fact that people can't even just look at facts in anything, in any fucking area of life anymore and, and choose it as an opinion now. Like, no, I'm choosing not. I choose to dismiss that fact. Right. You can't. It, right. You know what a fucking fact is? <laughs> like mm-hmm. you can't. And it's like for people to ruin his and then now for companies to be afraid to put him on because of this. And it's. But it's with everything. Like it's every. There's so many comics who just can't even say s- simple shit. Like even like the Bill Burr example. Like he has to make sure that okay, if I if I say something crazy about uh, the left, then that means I have to make sure I say something crazy about the right. Otherwise, people are gonna think I'm biased. That's that's not what comedy is. I can say whatever the fuck whenever I want. I don't have to apologize about shit. I don't have to make it equal. That that's that already is proof that he's changing his a- approach already as a comic because he used to never yeah. care about that. That's true. Yeah, and it, Bill Burr talks about it a lot about you know social outrage. He always makes fun of it, which means it's right, getting. He's going. a Boston guy too, so he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. One thing though that I've really been uh, like the subject of life that I've really been toying with, especially the last couple of weeks, has been like self discipline, and then 
self uh, responsibility, right? So I've been thinking a lot about like self responsibility. Nothing is nobody else's fault, or right. no, nothing is somebody else's fault. I should say, right? Everything is your fault, which I know is very unhealthy. To an extent, you treat it the same way as if you strive for perfection. Like everything you do, you try to strive for protect per for perfection. You know you're never gonna actually reach it. However, you still go for it every time. Right. right so yeah. you live your life like nothing is anybody else nothing is somebody else's fault for your own life. Everything you could have done something better. Even though there's a lot of things that are probably out of your own control, you still attack life like I'm gonna make something of that. Right? Like, okay, this is a much smaller scale than the whole world comedy scene but like i'm the guy that on some things i mean in everybody's life like you just i mean there's some people that have fucking zero self-control and zero self-discipline but you know i'm super self-disciplined about certain things and i'm fucking terrible about other things yeah that's most people too i'm the same way 100 percent. if you put pizza in front of me i don't give a fuck if i have a six-pack and they're like hey it's gonna be all gone tomorrow if you have one slice pizza i'm fucking eating that pizza right happens every time um and working out, just never had it, right? And also, I've grown into this super bad habit of, I'm the guy that hits snooze for an hour every single morning. Yeah. And then barely gets to work on time. And I'm just, now you're just playing catch up all day. Right. Right. And I've done the like, all right, well, I'm, you know, and I hate the fucking guys. They're like, oh, just set your alarm five minutes earlier. I'm like, look, you stupid fuck. Like, I'm just going to hit snooze one more time. Don't you understand? Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, exactly. It's not like I wake up on time and I'm like, I can't figure it out. Why I can't just yeah, make it on time? I don't get it. What's, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> so I've been really trying to, I love the the attack. Like it's very hard. I've been trying to to prove a point the last couple of weeks. So like, since I work in construction, the job I'm on right now starts in uh, starts at six in the morning. So I try to leave around five fifteen. It's not too far away from me. But uh, so like I said, I would set my alarm every single day for like four fifteen and be like, all right, out the door at five, and tomorrow's a new day. And then I end up every single day getting out of bed at five. And then leaving at like 5.20 and then fucking getting there right at 6 or like 6.01. Right. And it's embarrassing as fuck because you know there's no excuse for being late. And you want to live your life principally and you should never be late. That's super disrespect- disrespectful. Right. So now the last couple of weeks, I mean, I've tried 100 different times to wake up earlier. But I was like, okay. So it's pretty much impossible for me to wake up on, without hitting snooze and to just wake up and be on time in the morning. But what if it can be done? And I know it can be done. And I know it's not this huge thing. It's like, yo, you're just waking up early. It's not that big of a deal. But obviously for the last like fucking seven years, I've been hitting snooze for an hour. So the last like week and a half, I've been waking up an extra like 45 minutes earlier and running three miles before work, even though I fucking hate working out and I can never wake up in time. Literally just to build that habit and start the metabolism. And then by the time I'm at work, I'm already like awake and stretched and ready to go. Yeah. But it's that I love the, the romance of like, there's no way that's impossible. But how sick would it be if you actually fucking did it? Yeah, of course. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love the romance of that, of things that you're just like, nah, that's not me. I'm never going to do it. But fucking how cool would it be if I did it? You know? Yeah. Like, obviously, it's not impossible. But I think there's so many small small things for some people's life, but they're massive in others, depending on what your self-discipline is, right? That's true. You know? With some people, like, dude, I fucking kill it with, like, living within my means. I mean, you've seen my apartment. I don't really have shit in there because I'm kind of waiting to get my next place. But... I don't fucking blow money. I save money like crazy. Like, that's just how I've always been. So I'm super self-disciplined in that. But there's other things I'm terrible in, like waking up. So I love, I've been really, like, turned on by that, that romance of that in the last couple of weeks of, like, find something that's pretty much impossible for you and then fucking do it. Yeah, I like that with just everything in life. That's usually, I, I like that approach all the time. 
it's kind of annoying because it's, it's it's almost like something doesn't it's like you always have these repeated goals like you always have goals for everything which could be like a little bit like if you're if you're like cynical you can see that as like okay well after you're done with your goal what happens like you just get another goal so like where does it end for you and like that's how you can see it if you're kind of like a you know right positive person but if you're positive you're like that's the beauty of it dog is that you just get more shit like and yeah. it doesn't matter what it is it could be something so small dude i remember like for me as a kid like one of my goals was just being able to to watch a scary movie i was like dude i don't i fucking hate scary movies they yeah. give me fucking nightmares <clears throat> and every time i watch a scary movie it doesn't matter what it is if it's fucking halloween if it's the exorcist i'm fucked for two weeks <laughs> for two weeks i'll see that bitch in my hallway i was the same and way. i'm terrified and, and like and i but i hated being in fear I hated being scared. Yeah. So I remember forcing myself to watch scary movies as a kid. Really? Like yeah. just for the act of like, I'm going to get over this? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Just to like defeat that motherfucker. Cause I was like, it was a goal and it was like, I need to like, I need to get over this cr- like crutch. I have. I had to give myself some self-discipline yeah. to know that I can defeat this. I can't beat this shit. I just have to do it. And that's a super small thing, you know, but that's yeah. relatable to like a diet. That's relatable to like a fucking, to a job you're trying to do or just yeah. trying to do stand up. I love the honesty that you had with yourself that I clearly didn't have. Like, you're like, hey, I'm being a little bitch. Let's go watch <laughs> another fucking show, another movie. That way I can get over it. Yeah. Where I would be just as fucking scared. And then the next time I watched the movie, it wasn't like, all right, I'm, I'm tired of being a bitch. Like, I want to watch it to be over it. <laughs> I would just watch it and be totally dishonest with myself. Like, dude, I got this. No problem. And then I would be fucking terrified <laughs> that's every how, single time. That's how I know. Like, I remember <laughs> when we were kids, I used to always watch. I used to, like, watch them as I got older. And I was starting to beat my habit. But I started to see who was actually still afraid because I would watch him with my brother, yeah. and my brother would just talk the whole time. Oh, uh-huh. she's 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 got to be behind the wall. She's yeah. got to be behind, like just, try to water it down. Just, <laughs> yeah, right. And he he's like he can't like not talk during the movie. Yeah, because he he's because <laughs> he's, lo- he's like legitimately fucking terrified of the movie. Dude, I God, like, I mean, everybody says like, oh, I wish I can go back, you know, for certain situations, just to have the. Uh, arithmetic and the vocabulary and the like to be able to articulate words as mm-hmm. well as i can now to be able to go back and be like six and to just like look over at your brother and just be like hey look it i know you're being okay come here close yeah i know you're being a little fucking pussy by watering <laughs> it down by walk like by talking through the whole thing so i need you to knock that shit off <laughs> or you can go fucking sit at the kids table you know what I mean? like i would love yeah. to just have that in me at six i called you know him I, mean? I used to call him out but he'd be like i know i'm fucking scared all right, that's why I, he would admit it. He's like, I, that's why I am talking, and I'm like, I know. So get the fuck out. But it's funny, man. But I'm, I'm with, I'm with you on that, dude. Because you know that's that's what it comes down to for everything. It's just self responsibility, dude. And like, yeah. unfortunately, it's just, it's just, it's kind of been put into the mainstream of for people's heads to like that is that is not your fault for a lot of things. And that's like you're in a fucking Goodwill Hunting movie, and you're, it's it's not your fault. It's yeah. it's not true. Like every almost everything's your fault. It, Almost everything's your fault, and and yeah. that's okay. Like so, yeah, some the one even the, if you weren't given a good hand, it's still your fault, which is a good thing, right? Because yeah. that means you could fix it. If it's your fault, if you at least internalize it, internalize it that way, even if it's if, even if your fault is actually probably not the best way of saying it, because it sounds like you did something wrong, but it's in your control. If something bad happens to you that wasn't your fault, like a family member dies, you got in a car crash, some dude ran a red light. Yeah. Like I got in a car crash last year. Dude ran a red light, knocked me unconscious. Mm-hmm. At no point was I mad. Yeah. At no point did I get out because I know for a fact like, I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't mad because I was in control. I know that I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Now, if I ran the red light and hit him, I would have been fucking furious yeah. at myself. Right. Because that's my mindset. As to where this is the society we get in now is 
you someone ran a red light and they hit you and you're getting out and you're losing your mind like dude mm-hmm. what does that what does that do you like i i got out the guy the guy was actually mad at me dude the mm-hmm. guy came out and he was like didn't you see me and i was like i don't know what to tell he you said man. didn't you see me yeah he but you can that, tell you can tell his adrenaline yeah exactly you, yeah it was a, it's a perfect example of what society is now right yeah and you can tell you can tell his adrenaline was up and he was nervous the kid was probably like 20 21 yeah and he he didn't even see me dude and it was my green light. I'm the one driving through the intersection. He's the one that fucking T-boned me. Mm-hmm. He's like, didn't you see me? And I was like, I don't know to tell you, man. All I know is like, I had a green light. He was on his way to a check cashing place, right? I don't know. It sounds like a piece Who of shit. Who fucking knows? Yeah. yeah. But um, I was uh, I was calm the whole time. Like There was ladies that ran across the street. They were working at the bank. They like, mm-hmm. they came out. They were the ones that fucking woke me up. It was hilarious. I felt like I was embarrassed. And um, hmm. they called 911 and all that shit. And I let him. I let. I let him do his yelling. I didn't. Even, I didn't even fucking care. I was like, I'm good. I, this is no big deal for me. There's cameras yeah. all over this place. I have witnesses. Like I. I don't need to tell this guy shit. Like it's no big deal. Yeah. And then the cops came. They asked everyone, like, uh, what happened, blah blah. And like all the witnesses. I had like three witnesses that even asked me, like, hey, if you need me to be a witness, I'll let you know. I was like, oh, cool, thanks. Got their information down. Yeah. And then sure enough, like 30 minutes later, the guy came up to me and like was like almost crying, saying sorry. Yeah. Like, hey, man, like, I just want to say I'm sorry. Like, I, I lost my mind back there. Like, it was totally my fault. And I was like, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. But right. there's no way that cocksucker would have fucking even came to that realization if I wasn't yeah. completely, like... If you came at him hard. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. No. It would have been a fucking war. He even texted me, like, hey, man, whatever happens, it's my fault. You know, right. like, which was great for me. I I, I, was, I saved that picture because I'm not a fucking idiot. Yeah. I screenshot that yeah, text yeah. message because I'm like, oh, uh-huh. just in case this fucking guy wants to be a dick later. <laughs> he just texts back, thanks. Yeah. yeah. No, I was yeah. like, hey, man, I'm glad you're safe, dude. Like yeah but he texts you for a job offer too who knows i'm just kidding this guy but sounds like a piece of shit he's a piece of shit but <laughs> but bottom line is like that's this is like it's a kind of like a small story to represent how things are going right now like you do something wrong which is in this this case running the red light yeah you fuck it up and then you blame someone else you know and you're lucky if that other person is calm enough to fucking make sure that they don't fucking hit you back because that's how you get in trouble nowadays mm-hmm. for some small shit it's very uh a few years ago like early 20s, you know what I mean? You're really, everybody tries to find their identity in their early 20s. Yeah. And I was kind of in that, like, that pickle of like looking for an identity, didn't have any confidence, which is like a recipe for like, you don't really know who you are. You don't think much of yourself. So you kind of feel like you're worthless. Yeah. Right? You're buying journals and shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. fucking going to the store to buy gym shoes you never use. So fucked up. You, so you just, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you just feel like, uh, you just don't like the person you are. And it's yeah. not it's not like a like, oh like the guy like, man, I fucking hit that guy and that was a shitty thing for me to do. It's not that. It's just like, man, I don't even know who the fuck I am and the person I think I am, like I don't even really like that person. And I remember um I'm trying to think. Uh like you oh, where was I going with this? Um so okay. So like you try to think of like who do you want to be, right? It, it's looking back, it's kind of an opportunity because it's like, okay, well, like now I got to go fucking car shopping. Like, which car do I want? Like, who do I want to be? Which is a struggle in itself because it's also kind of like, well, that's not really me. Like, I'm turning into a different person. But in the same sense, it's like, no, you're just trying to be the best person you can be. So you kind of look at, I mean, heroes is kind of cliche, but you just look at like, okay, hypothetically, who's somebody that I would really look up to and then just try to be that person. And when I was trying to do that, I was always like, you know, because you just still have that that worth issue. So you just doubt yourself, even though you're doing like good deeds and you're just being a good person. You're like, that's not fucking me. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to be a good person, but I'm not really a good person. So you would crave these moments 
like a car crash or something that happens where it's like you have no time to react. And so when you look back at how you reacted, it's all like there is no filter. That was just you. There was no like, oh, I should do this because it's the right thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So that guy will look back and go, wow, that guy was a piece of shit at that moment. Like I just reacted and it was not how I would want to be. Right. Right. So kudos for you, for one. Ah, it's very you. difficult. But also, I love that as I've grown up, some guys, you hear, especially for me working in construction, but like you hear guys and they brag about, not so much that they were like yelling, but when they fucking acted tough and shit like that, mm-hmm. you know, which if you've ever, you know, makes you the weakest guy in the room the second you do that. Oh, 100%. But also, I love it in this story is what reminded me of this, and I kind of just thought of this right now, but like somebody that, not, and you're not bragging, but somebody that looks back in fondness of like a situation where they had all the reason to get angry and then they didn't. And they like just took control of the situation in the best way possible. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I love that that uh, that length of thought process only shows to me like massive experience in life. You know what I mean? Because you can't learn how to not get angry unless you've been furious. Yeah, dude, that's so true. Oh Do my you know god, what I'm saying? I used so, to be a fucking hothead when I was a kid. Totally. So yeah. like, like that fucking dude that hit you. Either he's, I don't know, he maybe he's just the same dude. But hopefully, that's a huge learning marker of like, wow, like that self reflection of like, dude, I had a moment where it's just like, all right, lay your cards on the table. Like this is who you are, and I was not a good person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you can kind of go through life and it's like a controlled situation. Like, oh, you go to the store. Nobody, nothing ever really happens that's out of your control. Yeah. And then there's something that's boom, it's out of your control and it kind of shows you who you are. Right. I love those moments because it's a fucking bookmark of like, all right, where's my progress? Right. Because you're always trying to work on like who you are and who you want to be. So it kind of shows you where you're at in your progress. You know right. I mean? And then the interesting part about all this is like when, when someone hears this, sometimes they interpret it as like someone telling you, hey, don't be emotional. That's not true. I'm just telling, it's, we're not saying that at all. It's, Learn how to harness it. Learn how to use it for right things. Dude, like, you can be emotional in the most appropriate ways and actually have it benefit you. You can sit at home, dude, and watch fucking Rudy and cry, mm-hmm. and you can go out and the rest of your day is great because it's like, I got it out. I was feeling emotional today. Yeah. I le- I sat, I watched a fucking movie. I, I got it. Or you want to go hang out with your family? Good. Like, that's the only thing I can honestly say that still gets me, like, emotional is, is, uh, is family stuff. Like, where I could get, where I could get upset. Like, if somebody hit your dad in a car. Yeah, I'd, you know. I'd, 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 I'd instantly then, want revenge. Yeah, and the dude went off on your dad. Yeah, I'd instantly want revenge. Yeah, I, I and I and that. I know and I know that about me already. And then not only that, like I'll I'll, I'll even get it if like because my family is like the most important thing to me. So if they if I've, sometimes if even even if like turn it around, like if they were to doubt like my motives on anything, if mm-hmm. they were to doubt like my lack of heart or something or my yeah. or my, I, I would lose my mind too because I'm like you're the people that should know it the most. Yep. Like. You know, like you guys would never fucking doubt that about me, like ever, yeah. like that. If if I ever came in a situation like that, that would make me lose my mind too. So like my family is the only thing where I can get emotional about. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else, it's like it's it's still in your control. Like everything's in your control. Right. And so, like the more you know that, the more it makes it easier to not be upset about anything. Like mm-hmm. if you go to a gym and you get beat up, it's because you weren't cause you just weren't your best that day, or you're just, in general you're not that good. That's okay. Yeah. You can get better. It's all in your control. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not smart, that's all right. You can just fucking start reading shit. And I, I can appreciate uh, you coming from like, hey, especially when it's somebody that's close to you, you know, whether it's family or whatever, and they're doubting your character. Oh, yeah, right? that would so, make me lose my mind. I can, So I can appreciate two things. For one, 
you know, on the surface, it's like, oh, that's very confident of you to like know the your value, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so on the surface, it's like, oh, wow, he's very confident. But to to know and have a very accurate and honest self, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, or like a, an honest interpretation of your own self value. Mm. I know is just so much time of like self-reflection yeah so much you know what i mean honestly yeah i love i love and hate self-reflection because when you're not feeling great (laughs) it's like poison it's the worst it's the worst like you'll just be sitting like if Uh, like when i was super fucking depressed a few years ago yeah you just sit there and you're like i'm a worthless piece of shit yeah like nobody gives a fuck like you just and you just sit in it and it's like 10 minutes goes by oh it's terrible you take it you know you take a breath out of water and then you're like okay back down to the bottom back down to the deep and you're just sitting in your own just hiding your cave yeah and you don't yeah you don't want to see anybody yeah you just sit there and sulk which and it's one of those things where it's like yeah i know i need to go outside but i don't give a fuck like i'm gonna sit here and feel this yeah yeah exactly so but when you're feeling great um that self-reflection is you know exactly like when you know somebody t-bones you at a red light and then you fucking reacted the right way like that self-reflection is also noticing that bookmark and noticing that um, you know, that, that page mark of like, okay, this is where I'm at. Yeah. If you don't reflect, then those will just pass you right by. Right. And I think that's what, what, uh, I felt good about was it wasn't a moment I had to decide on. It wasn't like, should I be mad right now? It, it didn't even, it didn't even, yeah. you know, as to where that's when you know you're still in your stages mm-hmm. when you're still growing to get to that. I guess you can, to, to put a phrase like a Zen way of thinking, yeah. like, um, if when you're still thinking like should i decide to be mad or should i decide to be calm like that didn't even come to my mind at all which means like oh shit i'm even past that now which is great like yeah that means i know when i should use my emotion in the, in the proper setting i know when to use it for comical reasons i know when to, to tell my nieces and nephews i love them i know i know when to use it for uh my advantage and i also know when it's it's not good for a, any for a situation like this i know when to to harness it i know when to okay this is not good mm-hmm. and it's like i said I, it, I think the more you get the older you get, you're just a reflection of your childhood, dude. I, I think I've talked about that a lot before, but it's true, man. Like, mm-hmm. that's how that's how my childhood was, dude. You had you had to be in my family. You had, you you knew you needed to know how to love, and you needed to know how to fucking get like harassed yeah. at the same time, which is yeah. two different ideologies. Which I'm so glad I learned them both. They're, I'm so glad I was taught both, whether it was a planned thing for my parents or not. I'm so glad they did it because without that, I don't I don't know if I would be like the uh, the adult I'm proud to be because yeah. you had to, you had to learn how to talk shit and you had to learn how to take it. Mm-hmm. You had to learn that when someone burned you, you got burned. That's okay. But you just, you had to learn how to talk shit better. It's all good. Yeah. But you also had to tell everyone you love them. You had, you had to, you had to show everyone, not just tell them, you had to show everybody you love them. You had to, like we, it was, a, we had accountability at all time. We had to make sure we got Christmas gifts. Even if you had no money, if you work part time, you can fucking buy something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't be a dick. Like yeah, for sure, you know, and then that showed even more. Like, dude, you work, you make, you work minimum fucking wage, mm-hmm. it's fucking sixteen hours a week, so you only get like eighty bucks a week, and you still went out and you bought like a fucking yeah, a something, something. Yeah, it's it's the thought, which I know is the most cliche shit. It's just right. that you're thinking about somebody. But exactly, so that's how we're raised, and also that's, and then we're also raised that when someone goes, "Thanks for the gift, cheap ass," <laughs> we're just fucking laughing, yeah. like because yeah, yeah. they know deep down that they're like, obviously mm-hmm. this is not cheap for him. For but sure. like I'm still gonna throw a joke and then he's gonna laugh about it, which is good. So mm-hmm. you know, I I think that's a reflection. Like as people get older, man, you can just definitely see like all their whether they know it or not, it's subconscious. Like their childhood issues usually usually come full force. And like if you don't have the balls to deal with them, right, and use them as a way to get better at shit, they're they're just gonna take you over, man. And you're gonna be a fucked up adult. Yeah, well, up. the thing I think I don't know if it's 
like our generation is the result of this because I've only lived in my generation. But, you know, like what we were talking about earlier is like the, the pendulum swings to one extreme to the other. Mm-hmm. But I feel like uh, some people are so one-dimensional, right? So it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's scary. You can't parent the same, like two kids the same way and have expect equal outcomes. Like everybody's unique. For one, like I had a hard time, you know, you start becoming a young a young adult you realize that your fucking parents are just winging it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you, they're not your parents. I mean, they are your parents, but they're also just like, oh, those are fucking people that were just trying to figure it out. Right. But so you, you get people that are, uh, you know, we only did this with them and we, cause that's the right thing, like super one dimensional. Right. But then you get, you know, maybe a bunch of fucking pussies like how they of are. Of course. Now, you know and that's mean? usually from a structure. Like if they do that, that's because, well, it's a religious thing or it could be a political thing. Right. And, and, and or it could be a, hierarchical thing like that's how we do this with our kids because that's how we were taught something like this yeah and then it's it uh it's it's kind of a weird like i don't know about you but i'm so like i understand it but i'm so sick of the like well that's how i was raised excuse because there's a you're a kid and it's totally is like how you're raised Mm -hmm. i mean there's definitely your friends in school like there's there's outside influences and then you kind of become a young adult and you're trying to find your own identity and like kind of realizing how you're raised, you know, like figuring mm-hmm. out your parents, like how they are as an adult. And then you get to this point where it's like, hey, you're fucking 27. Like whether you're raised great or not, you might have a different jumping off point, you know, maybe financially or whatever. But at the same time, you're well aware and you should have the self-reflection and be like, okay, you know, they, my parents really fucked up on this, but they did great on this or they fucked up on everything. But what a great example of what not to do. Like you have now you're your own person. Right. So you you kinda whatever lessons you were taught, whether they be on purpose or not, like learn from it. And then now you're your own fucking person. So own your own life. Don't be a victim of your Dude, parents yeah. till the end of time. That's 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 another thing. Is like I, I think people look back on what their parents did wrong way too much on what they do what their parents did right. Yeah. And I think they do that a lot in their twenties. Um, and I think I think whether they know it or not, indirectly you're you're choosing almost to be a victim that way. You're saying this is what they did wrong. Like yeah, but what, dude? All they need to do is give you a fucking roof, yeah. food, and and safety, and they've given you that. The rest of it is up to you. Yeah. And like I know that's harsh, and it's it's not fucking. It's scary to hear, especially as a kid. Mm-hmm. When I when I was told that, I freaked out because. I, you you get these ideas and you hear your parents just be supportive of your dreams. They're supposed to be important. No, they're not. Your parents, all they want you to do is for you to be safe. Yeah. You choosing to be a man means you have to go against your parents' wishes at some point. Mm-hmm. Or a woman, whatever. I, you know how I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. as yeah. a fucking person. I, I mean, person with fucking balls is what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Not literal. Yeah. Yeah. Theoretical balls. Yeah. For you to grow those fucking nuts, you have to fight your parents on something. Yeah. It is what it is. Because mm-hmm. your parents don't want you to fucking try your dreams. Right. That's scary. That means my kid might be fucking homeless. Yeah. That means my kid might not have shit. I want him to be a fucking uh, a firefighter, a cop, a fucking uh, a teacher, uh, a fucking a, a normal job. Because then I know he's good. He has money. He has retirement. Mm-hmm. I can see him. He has weekends off probably. Great. Like, right. why the fuck would I want my kid to be a comedian so I never see him, so he travels the world, and yeah. his career is super inconsistent, That's and then it takes one person <laughs> to claim him of rape, and his fucking career is over, mm-hmm. and then he's back on my fucking couch. Yeah, so I know, they're gonna tell you things, but as kids, we 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 internalize it as our parents are against us, and it's not true. Yeah, it's it. Uh, I mean, that's why I relate to you because we're in similar situations in that way. But like, 
I mean, I'm kind of going through something similar right now. To, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm so used to not talking about it because it's my own podcast, so I try to not talk about me. But mm-hmm. for your listeners... That's uh, why you're on the show, baby. What's yeah, up? Yeah, right. Let's see the alternate take. I, I, your listeners, uh, I've been reading all the reviews. You guys are fantastic. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. I appreciate the hell out of you. But uh, <laughs> Alternate take family is strong, dog. <laughs> Bunch of savages out here. I'm telling you, everyone eats ass. No one gives a fuck an alternate take. Damn. A crowd that big that all eat ass? Oh, dude, we have a motto. We don't fuck yeah, around. That's, that's a motto. Where we're going, right we don't need roads. <laughs> but so, okay. Like, I have a sister that was the rebellious one mm-hmm. and i was kind of the more like i was never the super sheltered and super like yeah whatever you want me to do but i was kind of like yeah okay like that makes sense let's do that you know kind mm-hmm. of maybe didn't really think too much for myself or as much as i should have so um did the like junior college thing for two years was going to be a electrical engineer fucking i hated school since like first grade and then i hated college too so i did like two years got like a a certificate, not even an AA in uh, like electrical technologies, and you can get straight A's and not learn a thing. It's all oh, on you. dude, one hundred percent. School is not does not get you smarter. No, it's it's all on the person. Yeah, right? it's it's a credibility paper is all it is. Yeah, it just that's the only reason why that degree is important. I don't mean to cut you off, but is because it shows that you can dedicate yourself to something. That's the that's the appeal yeah. to someone with a degree. 100%. It has nothing to do with your intelligence. Yeah, it's not like, oh, great, they know all this. I mean, understandably, no. like medical, maybe, okay. There's certain situations, yeah. For sure. If you're going to be a pilot, obviously you fucking need to know how to fly a plane. Right, right. But for the most part, and I've talked to a lot of family that do hiring for big companies, and they, they're like, yeah, it's pretty much just to say that, like, yeah, you committed to something for four years or whatever. Right. But... So, okay, after two years, I was like, yeah, fuck school, blah, blah, blah. Signed up for the union. took me a year to get in. So then I got, I've been in this union apprenticeship, local 11, right? Finished like a year and a half ago. Now I'm a journeyman. I was a foreman at the Ram Stadium for like nine or 10 months or something like that. However, full full transparency, like a year and a half into this five-year like minimum program, like just finished the apprenticeship, fucking hated it. And yeah. Because at first I was like doing terrible at it because my dad's super mechanical and it's one of those things where everybody thinks like oh so your son must be fucking whiz right and it's like no that's just it's either natural or it's not well i had no interest my dad would be like you should go take apart your bike and put it back together i'm like fucking why you know what i mean like why the fuck I, can i just ride it it works great look at it, i pedal it and it i'm fucking the same works dude great. i didn't i was like i'm not changing my oh i can just drive and pay someone 20 bucks to <laughs> well, just, just like, 20 dollars I mean, who gives like, a fuck i mean i get it but my dad was the type of guy that like his stepdad came in and they rode dirt bikes right which i'm super stoked that he taught me how to ride motorcycles because i love it to this day but like you know, it was, I mean, granted, they were simpler back then, but at the same time, it was like, hey, you want to go riding like that fucking old two strokes, like beat to shit? Like, if I'm not going to fix it, like, you need to rebuild the motor. So my dad would do that at like 13, 14, 15. Yeah. I can't fucking do that now. You know what I mean? Right. So that's, and then my dad's also like, not to fucking blame him, but he's the type of guy that gives you about five seconds. He's like, all right, give me the wrench. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Not the greatest teacher. Yeah. But I also didn't have any motives. So it's not my dad's fault. But so I get into this electrical thing. I didn't like it during school, and now I get into this thing, and I'm doing terrible because I'm not good at it, and then I'm going through that whole depressive, like, no confidence and no uh, um, no worth and kind of, you know, didn't know what I was going to do. So I'm doing terrible at my job, fucking hitting snooze for an hour every morning, like, failing on that, you know what I mean? And then, like, every day was just such a fucking grind. And then it was... uh it, it, there was a transition of like, okay, you're terrible at this, but once you get good at it, you'll be better. And then I was still like, not the best, but I was getting better and getting the hang of it. And I was like, okay, maybe it's just 
I don't fucking like it. You know what I mean? You, you're trying so hard to not be a quitter. And you're like, well, you know, dude, you just got to fucking stick with it and you'll get good. There was so much of like that doubt of like, I just got to stick with it. And then right. once I get better and make more money, I'll love it. It's 100% not true. So then I flat out just, okay, like I don't like it. About two years into it, uh, I do stand up for the first time, open mic night. Told like 50 strangers how I lost my virginity. It's a great story. I, I, dude, I, I might even have to fucking say it on the show, <laughs> but it's so dude, Tight. It's bad. But uh, it, it was one of those things where... It's terrifying, right? Here's this Super, guy that yeah. I've got no worth, I've or at least no in my eyes. I've got no worth, uh, no identity, other than I feel like I can make people laugh sometimes. But that what you're saying right now, that is the fucking recipe for comedy, dog. When you Dude. got nothing to lose, man. Right. So that's how you can kill on stage. So like I was so and it's dude, it's it's uh and we've talked about this when you're on my show, but like it's the most what what's the word? Uh terrorizing thing it's you're so fucking scared oh my god it's the scariest shit ever dude i've like hit new jumps on a dirt bike where it's like okay this is way bigger than the last one i hit blah 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 like that's scary it's 10 times scary yeah i know people that do very dangerous jobs firemen cops everything and they're like i would never do that that's the scariest shit ever but they'll run into a fire or they'll go into a place with a guy with a gun totally it's it's terrifying (coughs) so i go and do this i'm so nervous my knees are straight and they're just shaking in my pants like, I'm not moving around. I'm not loose. You could fucking, like, like uh, what's the line from a fucking Shawshank or Dem? Like, a stiff breeze would just blow me right over. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, but I've told that story of me losing my virginity from when I was 16 so many fucking times to all my friends and family and not family, but fucking friends and whatever that I can not even have to think I can hit most of the points. So, and it was a good crowd. So, I'm not going to lie. I, I got like a seven out of 10. Like, I got laughs all the way through. Pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. And I remember getting off and I was just like, dude, like I can fucking do this. And yeah. I remember the first thing I did, I was like, I went and told my dad the next day. I was like, yeah. Cause he was kind of like, like, you want to go do that? Like, okay. Like that's all you do. Like, why? like basically like, why the fuck would you want to go do that? Like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, I did it. And he's like, oh yeah, I had to go. And I was like, dude, I fucking did pretty well. Like I got laughs all the way through. And he's like, are you serious? Get the fuck out of here. Like, didn't believe me. <laughs> right. So first of all, I'm like, okay, fuck you. You're not fucking funny. Yeah. Like, fuck <laughs> you. yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Like that's how, that's his first thought. Really? Fucking you. And I was kind of like, okay, that's cool, man. And, uh, and then I went back the next week and, uh, I think I, it was a blessing into Scott or a blessing and a curse. Cause I like had I went back with like all new material of like I don't even fucking remember what it was. But yeah, I, was like, I never even said it out loud to anybody, and I was just gonna go. Like I thought of it like that fucking day kind of shit. Yeah, I didn't get one laugh. Like not not like oh it was pretty bad. Like maybe a laugh. Like not not one laugh, dude. Fuck. So when you're in normal the conversation worst. for everybody that's listening, you say stuff and it bombs all the time. But then you just stop talking and everybody keeps talking. So when you say something that bombs and it like bombs hard to 50 people and then you have to just keep talking it's fucking so shit dude so it's very weird cuz oh, like man. so people, humbling well people that are funny that have that do comedy like there's definitely something and um oh shit what's up player oh uh, shit tremendous thanks jb appreciate hey, it man i'll get it right now oh fuck is the cheese yep. oh shit <laughs> no but like so if you're funny it remotely and the most unfunny person in the world has made somebody laugh at least once so you you flex that muscle at least once you're right but when you go on stage you've nobody's ever flexed the muscle of like you bomb hard and then you just keep talking 
because everybody just shuts down immediately. So you've never done that before. So, I mean, I fucking bombed hard. And then I left, but I, and I remember it was so opposite schedule. I would get like one hour of sleep when I would do that. Mm-hmm. And I was already struggling as an apprentice. So I was like, okay, I got to focus on my career. Um, so I didn't do it for like a few years, but I remember I was so stoked. Cause even back then I was like, okay, cool. Like I did good. And I bombed. Okay. I can see how I can figure this out. You know, if I bombed twice, who knows? Maybe I would have never tried it again and be like, well, maybe I'm just not cut out for it. Who knows? Yeah. But so fucking years pass. I go to finish this five year thing, like literally like two or three years later, I started doing stand up again. That's why I've done it like 10 more times. Like you've done it way more than I have, but I've done it like 10 more times. I've bombed, but I've also killed now. And it's still, you're just trying to find your own voice, right? That's it. Yeah. And when I did, and the most I've ever felt like, dude, I'm just me on stage is when I killed. So that's where it's like, okay, fucking cool. I just need to be myself. Like, yeah. I need to figure out how to be myself. Because all the other times you might get laughs, but you still like, I wasn't myself on stage, but I was able to still get laughs. Right. So, and then I stopped going on this vacation and I was like, okay, cool. Like I had this foreman job at the Ramsey and I'm kind of already lined, lined up when I came back from vacation with a different company. Finished the apprenticeship, right? Cool. I'm going to be a foreman, get a fucking huge raise. Don't have to put my tools on anymore and I'll like, not going to lie, I was kind of in over my head, but I'll fucking learn. And, uh, and I was going to save a ton of money and then move out of California was kind of my plan. So that goes on and you know, you're working a ton of overtime. You have to work a ton of overtime when you're a foreman and it's super stressful. And it, I mean, the angriest I've been in a long time. So I finished that and I just remember it was kind of like, all right, well like this summer was going to be the summer that I was going to move out to either like Oregon or Montana or something. Like I was looking at houses last summer in 2019. So then I come back and originally for one, I met a girl and she's really, she's kind of cool, but, uh, that's tight. <laughs> no, she's gonna be listening. That's how I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. shitting on her a little bit. But like, no, she's rad. She's but like, all right. <laughs> um, it, it, dude, it was comedy. Like, I mean, when we, w- I went with my chick this summer, and we were looking at houses, and I was like, I can buy this tomorrow. Like, I've saved up money, you know. Like, <clears> that's <throat> one of my really good self disciplines. I've saved up money. I was like, I can buy this tomorrow. And I was like, that should show you how, like, gnarly the comedic pull is. Of like, I just want to go tell jokes on stage. So I'm gonna stay in California. Even though I can't buy a house at all in California, I'm gonna live in a shitbox, and I can buy a house in Montana, but I can't really tell jokes up there. You know right. what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense. And trust me, I've had a plenty of arguments with my dad about it. But like, yeah, it just shows you it doesn't fucking make any sense to anybody that doesn't want to do it, but somebody that wants to do it. And you, it's not like me and you were oblivious of like, like kind of what you're talking about, like. Yeah, hey, like, I want to go try to make a living telling jokes. Like, oh, what the, who the fuck are you? Like, get a career. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like, it doesn't make It's almost insulting to people. Dude, yeah. Because you're basically saying, I'm talented, you're not. (laughs) That's how they interpret it. Instead of you just, instead of you just saying. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah, well, that's how they interpret it. You're saying, actually, this is what I want to do. And that, but a lot of times people can interpret it that way. Right. Because they're only thinking about them. They're not thinking about the substance of what you're saying. And they go, whatever, man. They get, and you're like, what the fuck? I didn't expect that response. You're like, oh, that's how they took it. People that I've also kind of gotten the vibe of like, like, you know, like, look at, okay. Uh, You know, I know you're doing very, very well for yourself. I'm doing solid. Doesn't really look like it because we live in California where unless you're a millionaire, you can't buy a fucking house. But mm-hmm. like, like I've got a large sum of money saved up, you know, I mean, not a large, it's, it's nice, but like I'm living comfortably is how I would say. Right. I have a career and I could take it anywhere. You know, I, I do. Okay. So a lot of people will say like, why do you want to be fucking lazy and not go to work and try to do your comedy thing? 
And I go, okay, look, it. I got into this career because it was like, oh, I was going to be an electrical engineer, but fucking hated school. So then I became an electrician. And now I am making money. Like, probably more than my parents have ever done in a year individually. Right. My parents did okay. So, like, here's this thing I fucking don't even like. And I've been able to beat you guys per year. Mm-hmm. You know? Imagine me doing something that I actually fucking love, for one. And I love, like, I'm falling in love with the fact of, like, okay, you pick something right out of high school, even though you don't really know what the fucking to do. So I was like, all right, well, I can be an electrician anywhere. It's a safe job. It's cool. Like, you can always count on a trade, being having work and blah, 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 blah. So I got into the trade that was a safe choice, and I've done it. Like, I'm making money, and I've been a foreman at the Rams Stadium, and now I've stepped back to do podcasting and comedy and everything. But, like, here we are, and now I want to go do something that, you know, after the whole depression and finding confidence and identity, this is what I find identity, and this is what I fucking love. It's like, okay, I understand how absolutely insane, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that saves money. I'm super sensible guy that right, fucking yeah. is in no debt and like fucking has played their life very well. But I want to go fucking tell jokes and like throw away the six figure a year job. Right. You know what I mean? For one, I can't wait to be the guy that's talking like, cause every fucking comedian you talk to, I can't remember if we talked about this on my podcast, but like every fucking comedian story when they're on Rogan or whatever. Oh yeah. And they're yeah. like, yeah, I was fucking not making anything. I was busting tables two days a week. And then, you know, and then luck, I mean, they're funny, but like they make it. Right. I want to be the guy that's like, yeah, I was making over, you know, a hundred grand a year. And then I just said, yeah, I want to tell jokes and do podcasting. I like that story more too. I, it's, it's hard. Cause that means you, that's actually more admirable than the other story. The other stories you had nothing to lose. Yeah, and you just and you kept going until you made it, which is incredible. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. this story is you gave up something. Yeah, for for less and in, in more instances I've, for a long time and less. It's been hard to not. I mean, I mean, literally for the last like four years to be like, look, I can afford to go buy a new truck. I can afford to go do this and not to do it because I'm like, dude, in three years when I finish this apprenticeship, I'm gonna do jokes and I don't want to like get too way down because I'm never gonna be able to like not make no money. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. I don't want to be like, well, there's never, I can fuck, I'm fucked. Like, unless I sold everything, which you're never going to do that. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's been a lot of sacrifice to fucking go tell jokes is all I'm saying. There it, always is. It's, it's mind blowing. Cause I never thought I'd be the person to do that. Yeah. It's know? crazy. It's, it's, it's a lot to take in and it's exactly why I don't really tell that many people that I even do it in the first place. I, I don't even, I, that's why I don't really have, I haven't even had any really other open micers that I know come over here and talk cause most things, but, uh, cause I, I think it is in a lot, a lot of ways supposed to be like a very like lonely journey. Like that's yeah. what you're seeking. Like it's, if you do somehow get friendship out of it, it's great. Mm-hmm. But like, like our friendship isn't rooted in that. Our friendship's rooted in, I've known you since we were kids. So yeah. that's what makes it even cooler. Mm-hmm. But I know, I, th- I think a lot of it has to be like by yourself. And I think it's just like anything else. It's like, it's like we said earlier. If that's your first thing you lead with, first of all, I don't believe that that's your identity. If you're like, oh, yeah, this is what I do. And you're like, all right, I don't believe you already. Yeah. I don't believe like that's your identity. I just believe that's something maybe you just do sometimes. Um, but <clears throat> if you go to a crowd and you're just fucking funny as, funny as it gets. Yeah. And then somehow later, naturally, organically, it gets brought up. Someone brought it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dude, this dude actually does stand up. Mm-hmm. You see it. You're like, dude, I can see it. Like, you've been making me laugh for an hour. You're fucking hilarious. Oh, my yeah. God. Now there's the intrigue. But it's the natural, organic way in terms of, like, you didn't even talk about it. It got brought up. Yeah. You, it's people talking about you. You're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. You go into a crowd. You say, this is what you do. And now everyone's going, okay, they make me laugh, bitch. Yeah. And now you look like a fucking asshole. Because it's like, and that's what you get. You deserve that. Because you did it just to fucking impress people. And that's not why you should be doing this. Right. So 
It's mm-hmm. better that you just don't even bring it up and talk about it and you just you just keep working. It's almost like you see every crowd you're around as an opportunity as a set. Like to ta- yeah. to try out new jokes. I'm always doing that. Like I'm, if, if I'm around new if I'm around a crowd of friends or I'm always trying out new jokes, new phrases, and I always know which ones catch on. Yeah. I'll make I'll just make up new silly phrases yeah. or new like little mantras or new like strange little things. Mm-hmm. And I'll and I'll see them catch on. Yeah. I'll see my friends start saying it or in the same term in the same like lingo that I said it or mm-hmm. in the same thing and I'm like, dude, it and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get off on calling. That doesn't, I'm not there to call you out. That's not, I'm, for me, that's, I'm like, fuck yeah. That means that my shit is, that means that I am doing good at this. Yeah. It's that, that it's yardage a, marker of like, okay, this is where I'm, it, it's showing you like, I'm progressing in the area that I want to progress. Yes. In. I do have influence. I do have yeah. a, a humor influence. Like I can say something and I can have it, have this, whatever joke to it, or it can have this, just this way I even said it. And then mm-hmm. now other people are saying it that same way yeah. or using that same joke or verbs. Great. Like that, that's, that makes you feel good. And I'm like, what'd you get that? I don't know. Just uh, from somebody else. I don't, I don't even need to get the credit. I just need to know that if I make something up and I'm, and I'm going to try it out, is it, I want to see if it's going to be funny. And then I, now I know I can use it on stage, which is great. Right. And it, it's very, uh, I think it's very interesting in the sense of like, well, a couple things. One to piggyback on what you said. Yeah, dude, I totally understand the feeling. Like you said, if if you hear from third party sources of like people saying that you're funny, it's super fucking high. You yeah, know, it feels great. It feels great. Yeah. It's almost right there of like when you're killing on stage. You know what I mean? It's almost yeah. right there with Yeah, it. it is. You know, two days or what was it like last Friday? Somebody that I know that knows that I do my podcast was like, dude, I heard somebody listen to a podcast at work and I was like, Is that Stephen? Is that standing still? He's like, Yeah. He's like, That's Stephen Hoffa's podcast, right? And he's like, Fuck yeah, that dude's my boy. And it was just like, oh, thanks, bro. You know what I mean? That feels fucking great. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of like was like, oh, cool, man. And then I ran in the stairwell and like cried a little bit. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like fucking, uh, like fucking Rudy. Yeah, like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God. Yeah. But I love, uh, I mean, imagine I, I, nobody doesn't like laughing and nobody doesn't like when they can make somebody laugh because it just fucking feels great. But, when you get really focused on something, right? Like when you're cranking out week after week podcasts, you know, like you just get focused, you're constantly scheduling and then yeah. you just get so focused and zoned in. You can do that in the same way of just making people laugh, which sounds so simplistic, right? Like Jay Leno has this great uh, line where he's like, dude, comedy is like having a concealed weapon. Like you walk into a room, like nobody knows you have it. And then you just level the room. So it's, true. It's fucking great. Like yeah. you can't tell. Um, and so I love when you get really, you know, when you get really fired up and just, you'll start writing stuff down and you just, you're just on your game. Like there's sometimes when, you, you know, like, man, just hate my job right now. Really like struggling with the contentness of like, I got to go to work to, cause it's what pays me right now. You know, you struggle with that and you maybe not, you know, your diet's off and blah, blah, blah. And you can feel it. Like you're like, I'm not as funny anymore. I remember when I, I went on, took, uh, some time off at the very beginning of COVID Cause I was at the Ram stadium dudes were getting sick left and right. Right. And so, um, you know, and it was, it was like when it was brand new, like it was like, if you get it, you're going to die. Like that's what everybody thought. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I took some time off. And when I spent that like, like a month alone for the most part, you know, you see people here and there, but it was pretty much just chilling at home. I remember after a few weeks, I was like, I feel so bland. Cause I haven't been making anybody laugh. Yeah. And it wasn't like, Oh, I miss the arts. It was just like, I really feel bland. Like I noticed my articulation and my like just the way I talked to people was so fucking boring. Yeah. And I went back to work and it was like the first day and it was I just went in the office at the end of the day and there was like my general foreman and my super and the safety guy. 
And within five minutes, everybody's rolling. And I was just killing, right? And I just remember, and I mean, they were homies, so like, you know, it's kind of easier to make your homies. Of course, yeah. But at the same time, I mean, crying. And I just remember, I even said it out loud. I was like, okay, cool. Like, I was a little worried. Like, I was off for a month, but I fucking still got it. Yeah. And the dude was like, yeah, dude. It is like that. You still got it. Yeah. And I just was like, God, like, that felt so good. You know what I mean? Even though it's not stand up, but it was just like, okay, cool. But it is. Like, I I think the one thing comedians need to get better at is, uh, you gotta you gotta learn how to make yourself laugh like legitimately. Yeah. If if you can make yourself laugh and like by yourself, like when you're just alone, mm-hmm. um, there's such a huge benefit to that because that that truly gives you the most confidence when you go out because even if your jokes don't hit, at least you know in your head like okay I I fucking laughed to that. Yeah. So like you you, you won't take a big fall a big fall like as what you thought it was like okay no big deal. Yeah. I, like that that wasn't funny for them but I I thought dude I that shit made me laugh so that's why I fucking said it. And if you can sit in a room, that's why I, that's why I think podcasting by yourself is a is a big is a big plus, dude. Mm-hmm. If you can sit in a room for forty five minutes, talk to nobody, and just fucking let it rip, yeah. And you're laughing about your own shit, like, dude, that's that's gonna it helps you tremendously on stage, mm-hmm. and it helps you tremendously as a, just in humor in general. Interesting. Like, you get very you get so much funnier. You, you you can sit in a room watching a movie and laugh at your own jokes that you're making up in your own fucking head while the movie's going on. Yeah, it's a big deal. It does make you a much better comedian because. If you put all your hopes and emphasis on, like, I got to make this group laugh, and then they don't, it could fuck you up a little bit. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? It can put you, it can knock you down too far sometimes, which right. is like, it's supposed to knock you down. It's a good thing because uh-huh. then it gives you a chance to get up. But if it's, if it's all your hopes, then it could fuck, you know, it could fuck you up. It's, you you don't want to have to get in that mindset all the time. You know what I mean? Totally. And I, I wonder if you can relate to this. So like something will happen and... You know, you're saying it just off the cuff, mm-hmm. whether it be at work or whatever, and it kills. It's super funny, and you try to retell the story, but in your mind, like I'm gonna retell it like a bit because I know it's funny and I'm funny, right? And then it bombs, mm-hmm. and I've realized I'm like, okay, when I try to say it as a bit, I don't say it like myself. I say it like how I think a comedian would say it. Yeah, which I don't, you know, I don't know whose style it is, mm-hmm. you know, but so you're chasing on stage that like. You're essentially trying to act like you're just hanging out with friends on stage. Right. Like, which comes back to like, you're just, because when you say it with your homies and you're just laughing, it's because you think it's funny because it's in the moment. You thought of something that made you laugh, so you say it to everybody else. Like, you thought of something that's funny. Where that happens, okay, it's like now repeat it without the spontaneous magic. So it's very hard to not just say, like, oh, this is a funny bit. And you'll say the same words, but it just is not funny. Exactly. But then if you say it like, it's very weird. It's, it's, which is, I mean, you, you have to just be on stage a lot to like get to be yourself on stage, which I just don't have the experience to be able to just do it like every time. Um, thank you, COVID, for putting a pause on that. I know, but, fucked everybody up. But no, it's uh, it's such a it's such an interesting challenge. You know, you know what, you know what helped me with that because I, I think when I first tried comedy, I was I was worried about that. I was worried about sounding like somebody else too much. I was worried about my. My influences, like, dude, to this day, I haven't seen a stand-up special in like four years. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't listened to anything because I just, I don't want, I don't even want the claim to even come and just someone to be like, oh yeah, this guy is still, like, I don't do that shit. But yeah. I think the biggest lesson I learned from that was from sports. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, that all you do is idolize your heroes. Yeah, and I'll, I want to have the same batting sense as Ken Griffey Jr. Mm-hmm. Like that shit is beautiful. And then you go up there, and then you're actually doing worse than what you're doing before. Yeah, which was your own batting sense. You're like, dude, like I. I, I look like him. I, I'm wearing the same shit. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dressing the same. I even picked the same fucking number. Yeah. And I'm not hitting the same way he is. But I'm like, maybe maybe I'll, through time I'll hit the same way he does. And it just 
never does. Yeah. And then from there, I realized as I got older, especially like, or you know what? When he makes that one play up the middle, like he always tosses it this way with his glove. And already you're not you're not playing for you. You're playing for the audience, and you're playing for you're trying and you're playing as a, almost as a copy, as a cheat. You're like you're as, yeah. a, you're, as a hack. Mm-hmm. And you're not playing ball unless you play with fucking balls and you play by and you play your own fucking way. Yeah, that's it. And once I learned that, I never changed the batting stance ever again. Yeah, and I, I, any ball I wanted to die for, I'm gonna fucking die for it. I'm mm-hmm. gonna fuck. And I played my own fucking way, and that's it. And that's and that's and I was a good ball player. And that's the only way you can do anything, it's, especially comedy. It's very hard, and I, you know, comedy for sure. And I would assume it'd be the same with any kind of like entertainment or sports where you're trying to. You're trying to get to be a name, you know what I mean? Uh, in the sense of like, you have nothing to bring to the table. You might, you know, you know, like, okay, I can be funny. I just need to harness my craft and fucking make it happen. But as far as like history of talent and, you know, oh, what have you done? You have nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So they go, okay, well, what's he like? You have to just fucking have that confidence to say like, I'm like fucking Stephen Hoffa. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm I'm Danny Mincera. Exactly. No, yeah. Well, what do you what do you kind of like? You know, who do you guys? I fucking idol myself. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking get up there and do my stuff. Exactly. And it it's very difficult to do that when you have like not nothing to your name, but essentially like nothing to show for. It. You know what I mean? You're just a right. micer, which is the bottom. Right. Um, and if you really believe that too, that's what, that's when you know you're gonna really kill. That's when you know you're gonna be a yeah. bad motherfucker because. Those are the best, dude. Speaking of which, that's that's Eddie Van Halen. That's what that is right there. Yeah, Eddie. That's a, he. I've seen countless interviews of him. He thought the same thing. He's like, I never really listened to other people's stuff. He's yeah. like, because I never really wanted to be inspired. I never really wanted to be someone who played other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, um, which I've, I've always said is the because I've been playing music for years, and I always tell everybody, I'm like, dude, because people are like, dude, you're so good. I'm like, I'm not. And here's why I'm not, dude. I'm only good at playing other people's shit. You're not good at guitar because you can copy someone else's shit. Yeah. That's not what makes you good at guitar. Yeah. There's seven-year-old kids that can play Eruption right now. Yeah. That doesn't make them good. Yeah. It's the genius of making it. That's exactly mm-hmm. how good you are at guitar. The Sweet creativity. Child of Mine is an easy riff. It's iconic. It'll live forever because someone sat down and made that shit. Yeah. That was Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. And even when he was at the end, when he had interviews, like, who did you idolize? Who'd you, who did you want? If you can have one person to uh, jam with, uh, you know, who's dead, who would you be? And he goes... It's like my dad. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's and I'm so like, badass. dude, that's how you know he's a bad motherfucker, yeah. dog, because that's real. It's not yeah. fake. It's real, and that's the only way you can be a true, like, legit expert in the arts is if you are. If not only do you say these things, but you fucking mean it. Like, oh, I'm fucking me. Mm-hmm. I have my own shit, and I respect other people, mm-hmm. and I have people that have influenced me. But I, I don't. As you get older, you have to make your own path. You have to. You have to have your own Independence Day where you're like, fuck right. that. And I, I can't I can't do anyone else's shit. It is what it is. It comes it comes down to dude, everything revolves around I mean, obviously, especially with comedy, confidence. Big time. It's, yeah. it's like like you said, it's hey, I respect the people above me. I respect the people below me. I respect the people that have done it before me, whatever. Like, that's their deal. Like, I respect that. However, I'm on stage. There's nobody else on stage but but me. Mm-hmm. That's fucking my space, which means that I'm not like anybody else. I'm fucking Stephen Hoffa. Yeah, I'm Danny Mincer. That's exactly. my fucking space. Nobody else is sitting in this chair but me. Right. Right. You didn't have somebody else on this podcast. You had me on. Right. Right. Because you know I'm a nice guy. But like, no, I'm <laughs> but like, I mean, and dude, I'm sure you've heard of this. Eddie Van Halen. You want to talk about somebody that's fucking? You know, people know him now, but he used to. Here's this like 19 year old kid from Pasadena would go and play local shows, and he, you know, he invented the finger tapping with eruption and everything right. like that. Yep. 
He would turn around. Okay, like for everybody listening, think about this. Not only are you fucking 19 playing like big, like, I mean, I'm not talking stadium shows, but it was like, you know that there was talent looking at you at these showings, you know, around L.A. And he would turn, so he's playing at 19 and he's killing. And he would turn around and like run the neck up his body so you couldn't see his guitar because he didn't want people to rip him off of how he was doing the finger tapping. Yep. Think about, dude, 19, I was working at fucking Pizza Hut. <laughs> think about that he knew imagine going on stage at 19 knowing you have something that nobody else has genius think about that genius how fucking hard is and that and here's the thing it's but here's the thing a lot of people do have a lot of things that a lot of people don't have they just don't have the confidence to go yeah. up there and put their skills on display yeah that's the only difference right. like how many times did you come up with a joke or a bit or whatever it was or some sort of premise that somehow came up on a TV show later? And you're like, I thought of that joke a long time yeah. ago. Or I thought of that bit. You just didn't have the balls to put it in display. Right. That's all it was. Like mm-hmm. some people get the balls to do it, confidence, like you said, from a younger age. They're yeah. willing to display them and they're willing to make mistakes full force. They don't give a fuck. Right. I, I love, I've done a whole fucking episode that was like super vulnerable about this, but like I love that, you know, we talked about pendulum of like, I came from the extreme of like you feel like you're fucking worthless, you mm-hmm. know, and then coming in into confidence. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at in confidence now. Yeah. And then you have the other extreme of you're cocky as fuck from a little, you know, you're a little kid. Yeah. You know, and then so I I would say it's harder to be super cocky and be that extreme and then find that sweet confidence because it's Oh, yeah, it's, it's almost it's, impossible. It's a blurred line. Yeah, right? if you're cocky, you're gonna be like that for your whole life. I mean, you might be able to dumb yourself down, but it would be. I think it would be very hard to identify when you're actually confident and not cocky. Yeah. Versus if you come from somewhere like you're worthless and depressed, when you swing into it, for one, it's amazing because, um, I feel like I'm pretty good at you know the last couple of years of identifying when other people feel like they're worthless. So. When you feel like you're worthless, you can identify other people that they're worthless, but also, you know, hand in hand with kind of being quick and witty and, you know, comedian wiring, you're so good, or at least I feel like I'm pretty good at it. You know, I try to kind of tip my hat to myself, which is the fucking gayest thing I've ever said, but like, (laughs) but like, like, you're, you're able to articulate very well people's value, right? Yeah. So you see people that have tremendous value that don't think that they do at all. So you can not only see it very well, but you can also articulate their value. It's it's uh, you know, it's it's right up there with killing on stage of making few, making people realize how great they really are. Yeah. That, you know, they really are great, they don't feel like they are. Um, that's kind of a high of mine as well. But uh yeah, Eddie Van Halen's dope, dude. Killer. <laughs> no, no, but that's what going back to what I said, that that's the importance of making yourself laugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you can make other people laugh, that doesn't mean that you're going to be happy. That doesn't mean shit. Mm-hmm. If you can make yourself laugh, you'll always be happy. That's the that's the goal. Yeah. That's the fucking goal, man. If you can sit down like an asshole and just make yourself laugh, that will make you happy alone. And then that will make you even happier when you go out there and do it to make other people happy. Right. With and your it, fucking jokes. It's yeah. So, it's so important, dude. But totally. it's hard to do it. And no one really wants to fucking try and sit down because then that means you have to wrestle with your fucking demons. Yeah. It's fucking hard. No one wants to be by themselves all the fucking time. It's, it's a shit show, dude. But it is important. The, so you've talked a lot about, you know, you know, getting your balls busted at home when you're a kid. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I've talked about construction. Everybody's just talking shit. Yeah. Think of it like as a debate team where they make you defend the other side. Comedians can defend either side. Right. Like how many comedians, you know, like I can make fun of myself better than anybody else. Right. Which makes you untouchable. Which means I can fucking defend myself better than anybody else. Exactly. Right. So 
That's fun as fuck. Like, okay, here's the kind of head games that I liked when I was a kid. My sister would run in the room and go, did you fucking touch whatever? And I would have nothing to do with it. And I'd go, no. Like, but in a way that it's like, yes, you fucking did. You fucking moved it, whatever. And I go, and I would, what are you talking about? (laughs) Even though I I would just be chilling. I had nothing to do with it. But it's like, oh, my gosh, you just... You just gave me this opportunity to fuck with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had nothing to do about it. Yeah. Even though I fucking really didn't. But I would make it, I would act like a bad liar. Yeah. Just because it would fucking piss my sister off. Yeah. And she'd be like, I fucking know that he's got something to do with it. But in reality, I don't. So she would try so hard to like prove it. But in reality, I knew that it was fucking not me. I yeah. don't know. Funny shit like that. Like no, you, yeah. I'm with you. My Well, my family was a lot like that. But the thing was, they never, I never got shorthanded. In other words, like, yeah, they busted my balls all day, but and they always told you when you sucked, but they never told me when I wasn't good either. Like, they never, they never like were cheerleaders for me, mm-hmm. but they, if they, if I did good at something, they say, hey, you did a good job. I was like, thanks. So yeah. I never, I never, I never felt like I, like people usually crave some sort of things from their parents. Like, they're fucking like, oh, my parents didn't tell me good job enough, or they were too hard on me, or, or fucking, I didn't have any of that. Or they're, mine was great. Like, mine, they, they always, they were never afraid to tell me, you know what? My parents were never afraid of their kids. Like a lot of these fucking parents today. Mm. Like you're not supposed to be afraid of your fucking kids. My parents yeah. were never afraid of us. So they told us all the time, you fucking suck. I would, especially on the baseball field, if I heard it. Like if I made an error, like what the fuck, daddy? I can hear my mom talking shit. Yeah. Um, but if I got a base hit, she would yell too. So like, you know, my, I was never shorthanded on that sense that I was mm-hmm. given confidence. I was, I was, I was not, and I was taught hard work. I was taught how not to be a fucking bitch. Yeah. And, but I was also taught how to love. Like I was taught every spectrum, and I don't know if that was a planned thing that they taught. But man, I got super lucky that I did because, you know, to I understand that to achieve those lessons in life without like parents giving you that is pretty fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you still can't do it. It doesn't mean, and it doesn't mean you shouldn't be a victim and say like, well, it's impossible for me. Like, no, it's not. Just fucking learn. Right. And I know it's hard, and I know it sounds simple. Like, just learn. But what's your fucking alternative? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to, I mean, we talked about it, kind of in the beginning of like. You know, everybody loves an underdog story. So it goes back to like, oh, I had shit parents and I fucking whatever. But you love the kid that like didn't know their parents, didn't know whatever. And then now they're killing it. Yeah. So it's like, hey, the thing that's it's not impossible, but it seems like it's possible. But wouldn't that be fucking sick if I did it? Right. It goes back to that. And you know I, I mean? it's honestly a bigger underdog story if your life is good and then you try something like like I, it's not really to me like that's what you believe is an underdog story in general. Like a guy came from nothing, made something. But reality is that guy's the biggest threat in the room. That guy's nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, that that's why that's why you see so many immigrants come over here and start businesses because mm-hmm. they have balls, dude. They don't have right. anything to lose. Yeah. Like, of course that it sounds like they're an underdog, but reality is like that's like their only option. A lot of these comics mm-hmm. that come over here, like, I'm coming over here just for this. I'm living in my car. Yeah. So it makes it's really not that much of an underdog story. It's like they're gonna succeed. Mm-hmm. The bigger underdog story would be a guy who grew up normal, great childhood, um, had a position of a good financial position and yeah. left. That's you're an underdog because you're not as hungry as the guys who have nothing. Yeah, it's no, just that that immigrant mentality is just different, dog. Like they have nothing, they will fucking beat you. They will work harder than you. Right. So if you can somehow work harder than them with all the advantages yeah. that you've luckily either had or given yourself, mm-hmm. worked hard enough to have, then you're a bad motherfucker. That's a bigger underdog story in my opinion. Like Rocky's an underdog story, sure, but what about a rich kid? Yeah. Who decides to box and becomes world champion. That's a way bigger underdog story. Yeah, yeah. Way bigger. I was given no reason to have drive. Exactly. Other than I really want this. Exactly. So that's you know? that's even bigger than that, man. 
So you're on the right path, dog. Well, I appreciate that, dude. I mean, li- yeah, I mean, dude, all this running and I've been, granted, I'm only like fucking two weeks <laughs> in, so running. I can't say like, oh, I've been fucking killing it for two years. Like, I don't have that background, but like, dude, running and working out, I've been meal prepping, just fucking, God, I hate chicken now, dude. Fucking chicken and broccoli and shit. It's the worst. However, one, it feels great getting results and I want to look good naked and, you know, I've seen the reviews and I don't really look good naked right now. But like, <laughs> but like I'm uh, working on it right now too. It's fucking hard. <laughs> But literally, like, you know, when you're running and a lot of times, like, when you're when you're doing cardio and you, you have to get psyched in your own head, like, sometimes, you you know, it's better than others. But sometimes you just, you know, you get that really good time when you run a few miles or whatever. And it's like, all right, well, what was I thinking about that was like, I was motivated. Nine times out of ten, it's me. It's never like, fuck yeah, I'm going to look great. It's never that. It's always like me daydreaming about doing a show in Madison Square Garden. That's beautiful, Or man. fucking... Like I said, talking on Joe Rogan and being like, yeah, I was actually like built because when you when you fucking when you're a young adult, you're just trying to like you're so scared of being the guy that never had a career. So dude, imagine, scary. Yeah. yeah. I want fucking money, dude. I want to go to the doctor for five dollars. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know? you know, like money, security. Like I want to be able to, you know, as a guy, there's a lot of pressure. to be Like you got to be able to support a family. You know well, how you gonna get pussy with fucking no money? You know what I mean? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't <laughs> but no. uh let me tell you, son. But I, I'm, yeah. I mean, it just I'm so excited. Like, cool, I've done it. Now let's go do something that I love. Like, it's, it's very difficult. It's going back to the self discipline. I mean, I'm doing tons of podcasts. They're coming out every Monday right now. Um, I feel like I'm at the top of my game. I think a lot of it's like it's not even so. It's like, oh wow, have you been secretly doing more podcasts? You've gotten better since you know a year ago when you did the last little bunch. It's like no. I've just grown up as a person. And so that's, and I've yeah. done, you know, more stand up, which helps my podcast too, because it kind of differentiates the two. But uh, no, dude, life is, I'm excited about life. Like, like, yeah. And it's not even like, oh my gosh, I'm killing it because, you know, I just bought a Bentley. It's nothing like that. It's just like, like fucking, I ain't making shit off the podcast. Never have, not yet. However, it is growing every week. You know? Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's just like, I'm confident in what I'm doing. You know, there's no part of the day that's not on purpose. Fuck yeah. You know, and I'm that's just, beautiful. I'm stoked about it. Beautiful, man. What do you say? You want to call it? Let's do it. Tremendous, man. Hey, dude, thanks for fucking coming in, dude. Yeah. Honestly, this is a good podcast. I haven't, I haven't done one in like a month. Mm-hmm. It's been crazy, dude. My work has been nuts. I've been busy as shit. There's been a lot of things. I'm back in school. There's been a lot of shit and I knew I was going to take a little break. Uh, I didn't want to even tell the listeners I was going to take a break, but I'm glad I came back with this. This is good. This is a good refresher. This is a good cleanser. There's a lot of important shit we talked about that I think people can relate to. Yeah. So I think this is fucking beautiful. Thanks for coming on, man. No, I appreciate it. Um, Standing Still Podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen. Uh, Danny's going to be on. Uh, I, I did one with him, you know, like a month ago, and I've kind of been holding back to putting it out because I knew we were going to do this, but this dude's been working his ass off, so I've been hanging on to it. Fuck but, yeah. Uh, that'll be out, what, Monday? Yeah, every Monday. So now that we've done this, you'll have yours edited and whenever you release yours, but I'll put you on next week's. Yeah, so. this will be out tomorrow. Okay, so his is going to be out tomorrow. Good for you, man. Uh, you can act like you did yours before mine. Good for you. No, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just play it. No, yours will be out next Monday and uh, check out mine. Check out his. Thank you guys for listening to his show. Beautiful, man. Appreciate it. All right, I'll take family. I'll see you dumb bitches later. Peace.